Pray with me. God, creator, redeemer, sustainer, draw near now. Amen. Today's text gives us a fast forward into the heart-wrenching, agonizing experience of waiting through the lens of a set of famous parents as they lose sight of and then search for their 12-year-old son. 12 years old. Here's what I know about 12-year-olds. That loving gaze you once shared with them is just as often now an eye roll. The jig they continually seem to say is up. They're testing their wings as they grow just a bit uncomfortable in that cozy nest you've prepared for them, the one you'd call home. They talk back. They need deodorant. On the cusp of their teenage years, they've begun to see beyond the implied perfection of parenthood and realize we can't figure out all their problems, make it all better, and so begins the arduous road to figure out for themselves how to be, how to live. They are in every sense of the word, becoming. This is what we know of the boy child Jesus at this point. But there is another side, the side that includes his divinity. And it is this aspect of his being that he seems to be taking steps toward. Jesus is beginning to arrive at an understanding of himself as the son of God and his call as something he is required to fulfill. So it is this duality that frustrates his parents, very likely any adult charged with caring for him in this community. And in today's text, it's particularly the woman called Mary, his mother. The following poem perfectly encapsulates the moment and mood of our gospel reading. As Children Do by Drew Jackson. The dust from this gravel street kicked up into the air from the feet of children, as they do. As they do this on the gravel street, they kick up dust and play double dutch until evening rolls in. Evening rolls in and I can't find the child who loves to play in the gravel street and kick up the dusty trail. Up the dusty trail, I travel to find him. What's gotten into him? What's he gotten into? As children do. As children do, they surprise you. Their wide eyes full of wonder and curiosity. They are closer to heaven than we will ever be. We will ever be learning from the children, learning from this child, becoming like this child who has always known the way home. Read closely, we can imagine these words to be written by Mary about her son and the transition in their relationship today's text points to. It points to the pondering and reflecting of Mary as she treasured all these things in her heart. Drew's poetry highlights the shift that's happening between parent and child when our status as caregivers extraordinaire gives way to the perfectly imperfect good enough parent. When we realize we don't have all the answers, when we as teachers 
become students? What's gotten into him? What's he gotten into? These questions, this reflection sparks what I'll call a critical remembrance for Mary. His mother Mary treasured all these things in her heart. So what happened? Well, Mary started to remember. She remembered the angel, she remembered the promise. Mary remembered the words spoken over the child she believed for, the child she helped believe into being by acting on what she believed to be true. Having conceived, as Augustine asserts, Christ first in her mind before doing so in her womb. Mary's knowing from that day since has been deep and wide and long and her surrender to the mystery complete. The voice of an angel would help her to develop her own and she would use it. She remembered her own words belted out in her Magnificat, the blessing and promise of an alternative worldview, a different kind of future. She kept, thought about, pondered, remembered, sorted and connected the pieces of this story to understand her place in it. But it had been a long time. And from this telling, about a dozen years had passed. 12 years of cleaning behind and training and loving her boy. Perhaps the elders had stopped marveling over him. After all, he was just a boy child, kicking up dust, throwing rocks, teasing and being teased by his friends. We have no reason to believe his formational years were that much different from the other children in the area. Simeon and Anna, were probably gone now, and with them perhaps some of the stories and people who remembered. So maybe Mary's memory of the angel waned a bit and worn like a favorite pair of shoes, the life she had as mother to this boy was comfortable. Somehow it all fit and the image of that dream grew further and further away. Not that she doubted it, but life, her very ordinary life demanded her attention. So this dream was always about surrender and there was only so much of it she could control. So one day blends into the next and before you know it, you've adjusted to life with a promise. Certainly you hold fast to it, but you can't seem to manage a daily existence if all you do is dream about something you can't see. Like I said, there were clothes to wash and mouths to feed, things to do. Most days, Mary would have had to let that dream take care of itself. But that day, Mary began to remember again because her boy, this human but divine boy, and she herself were changing. Each shift and advancement of his call required something different from her, his mother. And Mary had to adjust. She had to keep up. So this this treasuring of the heart is also a Selah, a Selah moment, a pause as she reflects on these transitions. Mary esteemed and revered these words, these instances that reminded her, that called her back to the work of love and her role in it. Her reflection called her back to the mission and even the dark side of her faith, the part that reminded her that the child marked from conception as such, was not simply her own. 
He belonged to everyone and no one, sometimes least of all to her. The woman who remembered his movements in her belly, whose movements she knew from their sacred and otherworldly womb time. She remembers their story, the sacred divinity of the work of the Messiah wrapped up in their pairing as mother and son. So this is hard for her. Mary is reminded that that sword Simeon spoke about and how hard it will be to navigate the boundaries between herself as a mother and herself as a servant, a servant of the Lord. Sometimes his call would take precedence over their biological connection. Like I said, it would be hard. But it seems most of the days and years before this particular moment, he was just a boy and wrapped up in the glorious ordinary of life, she forgot, put it on pause to do the next thing in front of her. But today, Jesus calls her, calls us back to their story. Why were you searching for me? He asks. Where else would I be? Don't you remember? Don't you remember our beginnings? Don't you remember our story? A full 12 years had passed before she was plucked out of the regular rhythms and struggles of life and reminded again of the mandate on her son's life. But it had been 12 years. 12 years, it's the blink of an eye and it's also forever. To survive it, you've got to have a plan, even one that includes the temporary putting away of some things to highlight others. One that allows space to breathe and perhaps for Mary just to be. Fresh off the full energy of Advent, the longing, the waiting, the hoping, we can step into Mary's shoes to reflect on the promise given to us. The one we have to wait for, the one that comes with a cost. We, all of us, sometimes forget and need reminding. We need the occasional glimpse of the holy happening right in front of us, even as it grows and changes, or to recall a flashback of history as we experienced it. We need reminding. Is it not why we gather together like this week after week to remember because the waiting is hard, because the waiting can be unbearable, the waiting can be exhausting? We come together to remind ourselves of the sacredness of this journey. We come to remind each other, peering at each other over masked smiles that we believe parts of something about, something special about it. We believe something special about this story and we retain it and we hold on to it. We commit and recommit to the ride. But that ride is nothing if not filled with uncertainty and waiting. So in the meantime, we gather to remind each other of the bigger picture. We re redirect our hearts and minds to Jesus. What has he gotten into? What's gotten into him? It's our job to notice. Mary's story tells us how easy it is to lose sight of Jesus and to how complicated navigating a sense of balance with these opposing truths can be. Human, divine, divine, human. It's crazy making. There are things about this story that only time will reveal, that in the fullness of its mystery, we cannot yet know. This is the slow work of opening, of revelation, and Mary of the huge faith and bigger dreams, like us, is still 
learning. I understand Mary's struggle and can sympathize with this impossible dance she's asked to learn. The yes and no, the stop and go of it, the length of years, it's hard. Today, we can take a seat beside her to reflect, to hold the promises, the joys and dreams, the disappointments and struggles, the entirety of the story. And we can sit with her and remember Yesterday, he was just a baby, and we welcomed him with a fair measure of relief and so much joy. But today he's 12, and along with the menial but sustaining tasks of everyday love, we're reminded of the Jesus we can never truly understand and are always learning from. The one we can lose sight of, the one we've got to keep our eyes on. Mary knew this when she accepted the call that made her an unwed mother in the first century of the ancient world. She knew it as she broke the heart of her betrothed. She knew it when she screamed the downfall of the empire, the great leveling that would mark God's kingdom. She knew what it meant to prioritize God's call before familial and communal expectations. Learning to compartmentalize, to hold space for opposing views, to wait, to discern. This was always part of Mary's job description. And it was never easy. She may have known all of this, but it didn't make it any easier. I'd imagine in the ordinary time of surrender to a love before unknown, of parenting a child, the nursing, the teething, the bathing, the tending, the teaching, Mary had to sometimes put away, even for a minute, the magnitude, the bigness of their call, put away the magnificence of their journey to engage in the present. She had to let go of some of that forward looking to be part of the ordinary, the day-to-day, -day, the relationship with her husband, with her community, her role as wife, sister, friend, mother, to simply be present. I'd argue that the temporary putting away was part of her arsenal for survival. Whatever we think of Mary, we must know her as a highly intuitive and awakened young woman, possessing a sensitivity that entertains the voices of angels and prophets, the wisdom of storytellers and ancestors. She's a woman of action and words born of all that is poured into her. And even with all of this, all the courage, all the love, ordinary life has a way of getting in the way. And we, all of us, can lose sight. This life of waiting and hoping is challenging. In real time, we're experiencing a staggering level of communal exhaustion. How long? Too long. Of late, we're all tired. Between yesterday and this morning, perhaps you've already lost a bit of the vision. And yet we have this baby turned preteen human, still changing, still growing, and we've got to keep up. Today, he's kicking up dust in the street and finding his way to his calling, dropping knowledge in and around the temple. It happened in a flash and it happened in 12 long years. Both can be true and they are. Maybe today, all we're to do or feel is this tension. Stand in the space of wrestling with the truth of Jesus's humanity and divinity and reflect on how that fact 
has altered our lives forever. Feel the tension of time, how quickly things can change, and then sometimes how seemingly not at all. A peculiar mother and son are growing both into and away from each other. And as with most forms of growth, there will be signs of that change. Perhaps stretch marks, scars, tears, blood. We get to watch and learn from their story. Maybe with Mary, we take a few deep breaths and ponder and treasure, take a moment to reflect on our beginnings as believers, treasure the truth of this complicated story and remember our choice to say yes to it, to walk the wholeness of this road with Emmanuel, God with and within us every step of the way in this most complicated dance. Maybe we commit and recommit to growth, respond with faith to the shifts and turns in the journey, remain in conscious and fluid union with God. Maybe we connect their stories to our own, our own growing up and into, our own waiting and changing. Life, it happens in a flash and sometimes does not happen fast enough. Both things can be true and they are. It is so easy to forget, friends. That's true too. Mary teaches us to not discount the waiting, to pay attention to the holy in every day and to be ready for change when it comes, to hold space and reflect, to find our way to an understanding of our individual roles in the labor of love to in the waiting to be ready, to appreciate when possible the pauses, to effectively and strategically compartmentalize. And she's got something there for us about timing too, but that's another word for another day. Life is happening. It is moving forward. Don't discount the slow work. Don't miss the magic of this moment because as hard as it is, there is good stuff happening. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep looking, pay attention, keep thinking. And with Mary, take that pause whenever you need to. Remember with her that the deepest part of our surrender is to the mystery. Amen.